Is food freedom just a catchphrase? Well, yeah, it can be, but while it seems to be a newer phrase you're hearing more and more, it does actually stand for something that's quite important for your long-term health. Today, we're going to discuss food freedom, as well as the many lifetime benefits that food freedom can bring. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you, who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on, like I did, and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to talk about a concept called food freedom. So you may have heard it. I've heard it misused. I've heard it used in wonderful ways. But food freedom, it's really essential to your lifetime health in both your body and your mind and emotions. Many have lived in the trap of repeated dieting, body image problems, constant preoccupation with weight loss. Well, they can be freed from this bondage through discovering food freedom. Now in the Christian realm, of course, we know that the gospel is essential and foundational to all freedom, freedom from any enslavement. And we know from 1 Corinthians 6, 12, that we are not to be mastered by anything. So this, of course, is the primary foundation for any kind of freedom. And we do spend a lot of time talking about that. But I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about more of the practical, physical eating habit behaviors and what can help free from the enslavement on that end. In the food and eating realm, food freedom specifically is experienced in ways that can release us from that master of the diet hamster wheel. So let's get into it. First, I want to explain what food freedom actually is. I see a lot of marketing using the term food freedom, which when you look into what they're teaching, it actually contradicts food freedom. So I want you to understand what food freedom actually is. Well, first of all, food freedom is actually different for each person. So food freedom for me might look different than it would for you. But the basic premise of food freedom is that there are no food policemen, there are no food rules, there are no external restrictions put on you. Food freedom means there's no strict control over your foods in general. While there's nothing wrong with rules and restrictions and boundaries, those are wonderful things in our lives, we wouldn't have any kind of civilization without it. Rules are not the problem per se, but when we start applying rules to something as natural as, say, eating or enjoying foods, that becomes quite a big problem. So with food freedom, the idea is that you would be able to pass up foods more easily because now they're no longer forbidden. They're no longer the forbidden thing you can't have anymore at any time. Therefore, it helps to get you to a place where you're no longer enslaved by cravings. It helps actually stop the binging because binging is often the end result of a time of restrictions and rules and tight control over eating. Another aspect of food freedom is that we're demoralizing particular foods and food groups and non-sin eating. Okay, so what I mean by that is often we think of certain foods or food groups as bad. Those are bad foods. I cannot eat those foods. Also, 
we give ourselves rules that we need to obey and have guilt when we don't, when they're not sin issues, they're not moral issues at all. So by moralizing food and making it right or wrong, bad or good, and moralizing eating practices as right or wrong, bad or good, we're actually adding something that shouldn't be there and actually has a repercussion and causes problems. Instead, what we want to do is use body-led eating. We want to learn to eat based on when we're hungry and when we're satisfied, which is what we did when we were born, when we were little, um, until those external forces came in and started changing us, or we started using food for things other than hunger. So with body-led eating... We are eating when our body actually needs energy and we're pretty satisfied, enjoyed the experience and stopping when we're done. There's no guilt there. There's no, I can't eat this. I can't have that food group. All that would do is lead to cravings and binging and guilt and all things that food freedom comes against to fight. Now take care to not make that the new food rule or the new restriction that you can only eat when you're perfectly hungry and you must stop as soon as you feel satisfied. That's not the idea either. There's no guilt when you're not doing that all the time every day. But as a lifestyle pattern of eating, that's what food freedom helps to bring about. When we eat with body-led eating, we eat with thanksgiving When we recognize that food is a good gift from God, there's no condemnation, there's no guilt, there's no repercussions for enjoying God's bounty for us, just gratitude. Just gratitude not only for his provision, but for the fact that we have the ability created into us to enjoy food in every way. There's so many built-in mechanisms that help us to enjoy the eating experience and enjoy the individual foods. That's a gift from God. He did that on purpose. That clearly wasn't a mistake. So with food freedom, you get to enjoy the food that you want to eat. You get to eat the food that you want to eat and enjoy it with Thanksgiving. Now, I know that sounds scary. So if you've been living a lifetime of food rules and restrictions and just fear you would lose control completely without those boundaries, kind of like the bumper guards at the bowling alley. I understand because I certainly went through that whole process when I came out of extreme diet rules and restrictions and heard this concept. Of course, my first thought was, well, I'm just going to eat French fries and donuts and pizza all day and a lot of junk food and cookies and what I'm not, that's all I'm going to eat. There is an aspect of that when you begin where if you've been living a life of severe restriction and food rule restriction and food group restriction, and all of a sudden you start to believe, well, wait a minute, that's not from God. I'm, I'm allowed to eat all of these wonderful foods. You may for a while just eat chocolate cake throughout the day. You may. And that's okay. That's okay. Because it's almost part of that growth and that recovery out of that world of severe restriction. It's not going to last forever because what happens is people often start wanting more nutritious foods that make their bodies feel good. So in other words, I'm going to come from a place of severe restriction based on rules, not whether I'm hungry, not whether I'm satisfied, not what feels good in my body but really just based on getting something that I've been depriving myself of, like a lot of chocolate cake. Well, if you were given chocolate cake three times a day for every meal, are you going to want that for a long time? No, you're probably going to start craving, I want an apple, I want a salad, I want something not sweet. Your body will naturally start to acclimate 
to what feels good. Not to mention your body's not going to feel good if you're just eating chocolate cake. You're going to feel that thick, fatigued, dragging yourself around feeling. Maybe from the sugar and the cocoa powder, your heart's palpitating a little more. After a while, you're going to notice the difference between eating foods that are less nutritious and those that are more nutritious and how that feels good in your body. Not to mention your taste acclimates. So you start enjoying these foods that your body needs. Over time, and again, there there often is that little mm, bump, that reflexive bump that people have to get through when they've been living a life of extreme restrictions for a long time. But what happens after that is that food freedom often leads to a more natural eating pattern over time and for a lifetime that balances the nutrient-dense foods with some nice treats that you can enjoy in a not obsessive way, in a non-binging way, in a non-craving way. So food freedom incorporates all of that. It's giving up the external food rules, the diet rules, the moralizing of food and eating practices, and allows freedom. If you want something to eat and you can do that with thanksgiving to God, then enjoy it, pay attention to it, get the full satisfaction of it. Stripping the ability for cravings and binging because if you want something, you can have it. If I have something now, I don't have to eat all of it thinking, well, I got to start over again tomorrow. It's all or nothing today. You you don't have that. It eliminates all of those thoughts because you can have the chocolate cake today and you can have it tomorrow again if you want. And sooner or later, you're going to get sick of it and you're going to crave something that your body actually needs. As you've probably already been experiencing throughout your life, as I did, not living in food freedom feels like this. It feels like depriving yourself of foods that you love. It feels like considering certain foods as bad and off limits as we spoke about. Then binging on those once you have them, like you're never gonna get the chance again. It means guilt. I had guilt when I wasn't living strictly by the food rules, either imposed by myself or because I read something or heard something. And I would have guilt if I didn't do it, quote, just right. Not having food freedom, the experience feels like trying many or every different fad diet that comes around that has a promise of weight loss. Even though we know all the previous ones didn't last, we still fall for the new ones. And then also not having food freedom often leads me to judge myself as good or bad based on eating, eating practices, foods that I'd eaten, again, moralizing. So hopefully that gives you a good idea of what food freedom is. You need to know that eating based on external rules is what can lead to that deprived feeling that leads to the backlash later of binging, craving, which means that you're not going to probably be able to live under those restrictions forever. And whatever weight loss you're finding in the short term is not likely to remain. Now, a quick note here. That is not to say that self-control and standards and health information are bad. Not at all. We know that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit of God for Christians. We know that we're supposed to hold ourselves with discipline. We're supposed to have boundaries and standards. But when we are moralizing things that God doesn't say are good or bad, then we're not keeping in line with His design for eating and for food. 
there's a way of incorporating information and self-control, but it comes from a different place. And that's what we need to grow in together instead of living by restrictive fad diets. There are also many long-term benefits to food freedom. That's why I had said earlier that you really need this key element to have lifetime health. We talked about maybe the long-term problems of dieting, meaning fad diets usually don't last. Therefore, weight can be gained back to where you started or even more weight than you started with. And as I've spoken about before, that constant weight cycling up, down, up, down, up, down over your lifetime can actually have health risks. So some long-term benefits to food freedom are that, again, it stops that pattern, it stops that weight cycling and the associated emotions of guilt and the associations of I'm doing bad, therefore I'm bad and valuing yourself based on what you're eating or how you're eating that day. It stops adding to that associated health risk of the weight cycling, the blood pressure, the heart rate problems, the blood glucose and blood lipid issues that occur with that constant weight cycling. Also, living with food freedom can reduce that emotional stress that is attached to moralizing food and eating, as well as having to have such tight controls and planning each thing you're going to eat and tracking everything you're doing with food. I think we don't realize how stressful that actually is as a lifestyle behavior over time because we live in this diet culture. And so we tend to think that this is a normal way to live, but it really can add a lot of stress. Also, some long-term benefits to food freedom include now gaining a proper perspective of foods and eating as good gifts to enjoy. What a new concept, huh? I mean, it really shouldn't be, but it seems we've forgotten that good gifts like food all come from one source, only from the hand of our Father God. And so they're to be enjoyed with thanksgiving to Him. Now, long-term food freedom also can help us to just lose that preoccupation with dieting. It's a battle that you kind of need to fight as you live in this culture, and it may be revisited upon you, and you may have to come back to gaining food freedom again from time to time. But it's important that you have this tool and this understanding and this new perspective of food freedom when you're fighting this diet culture battle. Food freedom over the long term can help to actually stabilize weight. Now, I'm not saying this is another weight loss plan or method at all. Some people can lose weight. Some people might gain weight. If you've been restricting what your body needs for years, yeah, when you start feeding your body what it needs. Also, when you're first giving up such severe food restrictions, you may gain some weight initially as you're starting to enjoy some foods again and allowing that to be. But over time, if you are truly having food freedom and you're eating based on your hunger and you're learning to deal with the emotional eating, the stress eating, the sadness eating with the Lord, as we talk about in other podcasts, and you're just enjoying the food and you're grateful to God for it, Over time, that both stabilizes your weight as well as some of these health risks. Another long-term benefit to food freedom is actually just enjoying your social life again. I don't know how many events or just even nights out, date nights, I missed or didn't enjoy fully at all because I was too busy restricting my food and I couldn't quote unquote eat what the other people were eating. Many times my husband would just want to go out to eat and I would think it through and go, oh, 
that's going to really tempt me and I'm not going to even enjoy it anyway. So I might as well just make my own food here. Food freedom allows you to enjoy, enjoy the social aspects of food, the events surrounding food much more than you ever did during your food restriction years and history. Hey friends, I just wanted to drop in here and say if you're looking to find out more about that body-led eating and how to eat without guilt, then I want you to go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, scroll all the way to the bottom and fill out that blue box. You're going to get a free ebook called Three Steps to Guilt-Free Eating along with the monthly newsletter so you won't miss any goodies going forward. Link in the show notes. When you think about dieting versus food freedom, think about spending money. Let's say you're a natural-born spender, but you hear about the attractiveness of saving your money so that your life can be more enjoyable later, and you think the idea of saving money is just, it's right, and you like it. So you calculate a very, very strict budget, you tighten your belt, kind of extremely, but with very little spending allowance, very, very little. But you work hard, you scrimp and you save, you're giving up most of the pleasures you enjoy until someday. Well, you've been at this for a few months, you've been denying any pleasure spending, any just frivolous spending. You've only been spending on the essentials, but you haven't really been enjoying that. You're not satisfied with that. Your clothes are looking a little bit worn. Your roots are grown out. You're getting a little tired of the beans and rice philosophy. You just can't keep holding on this tightly to this budget for much longer until one day you just you can't white knuckle it anymore and you go on a huge shopping spree. There's a great sale and first you're just going to look, but sooner or later, something's going to break. So of course then guilt follows closely after this and you feel like all in one fell swoop, I just undid all of my hard work. Well, sometimes for some people, this means that you just kind of trash the whole budget. You're like, I blew it. It's over. I'm throwing the whole thing out because it was making you miserable anyway. But then other people are at other times, they tighten their belt again. They start over and they go to the extreme again and start self-deprivation again. Since you're finding this life of deprivation, as most people would, hard to continue indefinitely looking for the future years and years, maybe decades ahead of doing this, it becomes a cycle. It eventually results in quitting, shame, maybe credit card debt. Well, dieting is like this. However, if we apply the concept of food freedom to the financial realm, it may look more like this. She would have looked at her finances and seen that some structure was needed, but would have gone about it a little bit more reasonably and given herself a spending allowance that considered the things that were important to her. It helped her enjoy her life a bit more. I mean, she's working hard. She, It's okay for her to have some enjoyment, and she should. And this would have prevented that deprivation mindset and the backlash of the spending spree. It would have been a spending lifestyle she could live with long-term, without anxiety, without guilt, without quitting the whole thing. Well, food freedom is like that. Hey, sisters, I have some good news. 
I wanna get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. So what can you do? Well, Nothing extreme, of course, but what I wish for you today, as we're just kind of opening this topic up, is that you'll begin to consider this, which is a likely new concept for you, and where you are now, whether you're currently living in food freedom, or if you're regularly living on that diet cycle with a loss of control around food, tight, tight, tight control, all the way until you eventually lose control. And I want you to start paying attention to your food and eating related thoughts and whether they cause you anxiety and stress. If they're causing you guilt, are you moralizing this? Are you moralizing different types of foods or how you're eating or when you're allowed to eat, what time of the day? Or are you one of those people that are already able to freely enjoy God's good gift of food without mental repercussions? Now, you might need some help on your own journey toward food freedom, and if you want to work one-on-one with me, just visit truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and click on the free consultation tab. You can have a 15-minute chat together with me, and we can just see what the best course of action will be for you, and the link for that will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, just take a little time, consider what you've heard today, consider where you're at and where you'd like to be. And until next time, remember 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And let's not forget to be very, very thankful for all that he has provided. Amen. I'll see you soon. Amen.